I think it went about as expected. Jevin, I, I have a good story. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, girlfriend was asking me because she's an Oilers fan like I want to get an Oilers jersey of a player of someone who's not bad not gonna get traded or released and she's like should I get a Clem Costin jersey (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I have not thought about Clem Costin for more than five seconds total in my life It is episode 162 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast. It's my, it's your host, <laughs> t- t- today, Junior. It's your host, Jevin LeFave. We got host Hayden Barton on as well. And we got two very special guests joining this episode. Reoccurring guest, very, very good friend of the show, Ian McNaughton. Been on the show many of times. You know him. You love him. And we got Matt Nelson rising from the deep episodes from way back when of left side heavy welcome back buddy i'm glad i caught you before you fell asleep and uh buddy has 1600 fives in his email so my arm got tired typing it out but uh matt nelson welcome back to the show uh how you doing buddy it's good to be back i'm living i'm surviving i'm here i'm watching hockey so can't complain can't complain but um Hayden, you're uh, Sir. You're, you're fresh off a Mexico trip. How was that? Oh, man. It was fucking awesome. My first time ever going down to Mexico. And I'm leaving the airport off of Puerto Vallarta. And two minutes in, down the road, I see someone get robbed. <laughs> and then I also see the, the military slash policemen uh, run them down, AR-15s in hands. The buddy and the accomplice were like, yeah, yeah, we're caught. And meanwhile, the policeman is just like aiming the AR-15 right at his chest. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> welcome to Mexico. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was a good time. I burned, obviously, no matter how much sunscreen I fucking put on. Yeah, naturally. Naturally. Uh, but it's kind of turned into like a, a pretty nice tan. I've checked out the Got some uh, color. Yeah, checked out the like hip to like lower knee part of my legs, and it's just pasty fucking white. Yeah, and everywhere else has color, so it's like you know what, successful trip. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was fucking phenomenal. Duncan's grandma's place was unreal. A late, nice, absolutely, and uh, yeah, I brought a couple things back for the fam, including uh, this since I have it on my desk, and I'm giving it to my dad. But it's like a skull, and it's like BC Lions on it. So, oh, that's dope. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. That's fire. And uh, yeah, I got a lot of got a lot of pesos uh, in change with me right here too. Nice. So yeah, love that for you. Yeah, but glad you had a good time, brother. Brother. Oh, it was a great time. McNaughty, too hotty. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. 
it's uh, the weather's changing at least here. Like I, I have been fortunate enough to go to Mexico to see nice weather. I've only dealt with the nice weather uh, here in the in the Northwest, but uh, you know, it's it's starting to feel like summer. It's starting to feel like a hot boy summer. You know, it, it's starting it's starting to get there slowly but surely. Yeah, it's like uh, hey, I went to Mexico, but it's no dolphin Manitoba. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> I, and I, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's no Everett Washington either. You know it. <laughs> It's, it's it's nothing spectacular compared to Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, uh, it doesn't doesn't even compare. Dolphin cracked twenty today, though. It's an, it was a very beautiful what? day today. Wasn't it snowing like a week ago? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. It was. It, yeah, there's still snow on the ground some places, but like just in patches. Uh, went golfing, Dolphin Lake. Um. Can't say my expectations were high, but it somehow didn't meet them. So, uh, the course that, or your game? Both. <laughs> uh, more so the course, though. But it was it was opening day, so like fresh off of snowfall is going to be a little like sludgy kind of thing, like just spongy everywhere. The grasses, the greens were um, just punched, so it was kind of it was just very soft. But it's it was like their second day opening the course, so it's like you can't really ask for a lot but uh i chipped in for birdie on a par three is that good Ooh. yeah it wasn't just like a five foot texas wedge just off the green i chipped over a mound and it rolled in not a big deal and then on a par four fourth shot haven't hit the green yet texas wedge it was going about 500 miles per hour hit the pin and went in <laughs> wow Saved par, baby. It was it was after the chipping, and like maybe four holes after, and the guy just looked at me and he's like, "What the fuck just happened?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> like I didn't even get a chance to celebrate because it was like to save par, so I couldn't really like. <laughs> I was just like, "I don't know." He was like, "Because he had the side angle." He's like, "From my angle, if it wasn't hitting the pin, it was in the trees. That's how fast it was going." I'm like. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's what, it. Didn't really have any business going in, but it found its way, and so I, I didn't complain. Finished with ninety-two. Not too bad. Can't ask for it's much. Early. A lot of a lot of golf left. A lot, yeah. a lot of golf. A lot of golf to be played. A lot of golf to be played. But my wallet's crying. But uh, I haven't yet, so we're fine. Um. All right, let's get into some playoff talk. Oh, here. you're not even gonna ask how Matt's doing? I I already asked. He did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did at the beginning. Yeah, he, he was the first one, buddy. I'm lost. Yeah, your head's still in Mexico. I am still in Mexico. Fuck yeah. me. And the reason why I didn't want to ask Matt how he's doing is because I already do. So uh, we're going to go straight to it. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off Matty Ice. Uh, Bruins, after a record-setting regular season, the Florida Panthers took him to a Game 7 and Swaggy Verhage finishes him off in overtime bar down matt nelson lifetime bruins fan how are you doing um how are I'm you good. feeling right i'm now? recovered you know bright side is i don't have to stress about watching the games anymore so you know <laughs> you gotta find a silver lining yeah i, I was surprised so uh, that's the way to put it <laughs> yeah i wouldn't so, have uh if i made a thousand brackets i wouldn't have ever had that happening so Especially being up three one and then losing four three, but fuck man, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. 
as a yeah. Boston fan, who are you cheering for in the Florida and Toronto series? If they could both lose, that'd be somehow. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, like all their, all their players get hurt and it's in the game seven and they're just tortured, I guess. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fucking. But um, <laughs> yeah, so like kind of I feel like storyline of the series was Boston's goaltending wasn't what it was throughout the season. I mean, in six games, all Mark had a below 900 save percentage and 20 goals against. He was like a minus 1.82 goal saved above average, whatever that advanced analytics is. But Jeremy Swayman, more so put in a tough position rather than just a bad performance because kind of happened with Fleury last year for Minnesota. He was thrown in in a game seven, do or die with his first game of the series. Kind of same thing with, um, or was that Cam Talbot who was put in? I think it was Talbot who was put in game seven. But Jeremy Swayman, just tough spot. Couldn't really pull it together. But Boston in general just looked like shit. But, Matt, what was like the one kind of thing that you honed in on with Boston's performance? I mean, I I watched every game except for game four. And, I mean... I don't want to be too hard, too hard in Allmark because, like, when they won, he played great. Like, the, you know, he had like over what nine fifteen or in every win. So, yeah. not to worry about him. And in the the losses, like, it wasn't like really him that I thought was playing bad. It's like the Bruins couldn't defend. And uh, the game five loss, like I thought, I mean, I was you know, I wasn't like too upset after that loss because like, the Bruins are the better team. Like they outshot him, you know. Yeah, and way more scoring chances. This couldn't like I don't know. Florida was really good at blocking the puck. Like I didn't even like particularly think that Probosky played that well. Like I don't think it's just one of those games that like they should have won but they didn't. Game six was a fucking hard to watch. It's just like every time they got like you know back in the game or got the lead, they fuck they blew it. And then I don't know. I I thought game seven was a really good game. Like it was a really good hockey game. Both teams played well. Uh, you know destroyed me seeing them score with a minute 30 left and after that you definitely kind of like it's like okay it's not happening this year like it's florida see it's florida series like they you know yeah. storybook for them yeah i don't i don't know what ha- well i don't want to say this but bruins didn't play the same really starting game five and that's when bergeron and Krejci got back into the lineup or at least bergeron and uh i know like doesn't really matter how good your team's playing, you're going to put your captain back in the lineup. But like the thought has seeped into my mind, like what if they didn't, what if they kept the lineup that was up three, one and just played it out? Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a, that's questions they got to be asking that team there. I don't, what happened? They just, they didn't look like they could defend or make plays. And they had some weird stat of like, they killed like what last 45 penalty kills in a row going to that series. And after the first two games, it's still that streak. But as soon as Florida broke that streak for them, Florida just kept scoring on the power play. Right. And so were, so did the Bruins. But uh, I don't know. Just everything fell apart. And it just. At the worst possible time. Things. Yeah. But well, what I will say is because, you know, I'm very defensive and uh, I try to weasel my way out of things. Last year, those two teams were in, like, the you know roles reversed like florida was the best team and the bruins like kind of they were in that second wild card spot or that first wild card spot 
So I personally thought that this year that the Bruins like were way better than they should have been. Like it was, it was weird. Like they were like, you know, the team last year was nowhere near the team that they were this year. So I don't want to say overrated, but maybe a little bit. Right. That's fair. I had them in the, like the wild card spot and their, their roster didn't really change much from like, like I was surprised like how I knew like they had the capabilities of doing good, but I did not see this good, like best team ever good. Yeah. It was just like, I mean, at least we got that. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's fair, but it's just, it's just tainted now with a disappointing first round knockout, which is super shitty. I also saw a stat where it was like the difference between these two teams was 42 points. And if you break it down even worse, it's like 21 games. (laughs) <laughs> 21 one games like that's just oh man that's painstaking yeah, yeah. it's good to see that you're alive matt <laughs> yeah the phone was on uh, do not disturb for a good 24 hours oh matter. i bet that's I fair bet. yeah no 100 percent. ian what what did you dissect from the series Matt, I like brought up a really good point about, especially in Game Seven. It just felt like Bergeron and Krejci were just making weird mistakes, like just weird plays with the pucks, weird decisions, just not what you were expecting from them, uh, especially during a regular season. Uh, yeah, the Bruins were probably overrated, but I think we all like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I probably would pick the Bruins again, like just because they're that good. Like they were the best team in a regular season ever and you know kudos to florida who never gave up they just kept pushing they just kept playing uh they kept doing their thing and boston had them until they didn't and until they 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 gave up a goal like with a minute left in the third in game seven it just yeah it's now what yeah, it's it's also like the belief was there in Florida. Like they didn't really care about standings or anything. They just believed in each other. And Matt Kachuk, that guy has played massive. He had 11 points in that series. Brandon Montour kept pace with his unbelievable regular season. For Hagee stepped in when he needed to. Like Sam Bennett was banging bodies left, right, and center. And like I just think Florida really attacked from all levels of their roster. And I think that was just Boston wasn't, I think they were just too slow to act on that. The Florida, Florida really like, it's kind of a cliche, but Florida really had nothing to lose. Yeah. They went out, they played with nothing to lose. And as a result, they bested the Bruins. Like that, that's, that's really, you know, that's really what happened. They just played with nothing to lose and they, and they got it done. Now they're playing Toronto. Yeah, hundred percent. Nah, I gotta ask you this: Were you surprised they went Swayman Game Seven, or would you have maybe put Swayman in for Game Six, see how he played, and then make that decision for Game Seven on whether or not to go Allmark or Swayman? Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised, but at the same time, like, I don't know, like, it wasn't like a shock. Like I'm like, oh, like if I swim in, like I guess they gotta try something like they've they've lost, you know, two in a row, like they haven't looked good. Uh maybe it would have made more sense to put him in game six, but I th- even though like he wasn't like his numbers weren't like great in game seven, like he made a lot of good saves. And I don't really like blame him for the loss at all. Like that was just, you know, the team kind of you know, it, it was a close game, went to overtime, right? Yeah. 
maybe maybe the first goal I didn't really like, but uh, I mean, the Bruins gave it the puck. It was a turnover that's caused by, you know, I think it was Clifton. Uh, you know, just uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it. I'm not surprised he started. I guess or I'm not shocked, but. I don't think that would have played. I don't think if Allmark played Game Seven, that would have gone like completely different, right? It could have gone worse for all I know. So, yeah, I thought I thought he, he, you know, he played well for not playing the first six games. And I'm not necessarily blaming it on him. It's just such a tough position for him to be in, like not playing all series, and it's like, all right, do or die game, like going and try and backstop us to a win. I'm just saying, like, Game Six, there's at least a little bit of cushion for him to be like, all right, there's not like as much pressure on you play we'll see how you do and then if we go with you game seven you at least have a game under your belt no yeah i think that that makes more sense but i think in the time like what the first game where the first uh, loss for Allmark when they lost like what six two where it was it was that third period that got away from the bruins so again i don't blame Allmark for that like i think is you know the numbers are exaggerated for him in that game yeah and like i said game five close game game six it was like a team loss, right? So, what yeah. was your reaction to the hand pass that was called back? Well, it's one of those things where if it was like forwarded to the Bruins, I would have been like, oh, of course. But like, I don't know. I, I didn't really like it, but I can, you know, I'm, you know, I like to follow the rules. Like, he hit it with his hand to his teammate. That's a hand pass. It led to a goal, right? So, yeah. And that's what I was like, that's what I was saying. I'm like, it's a shit like situation because that wasn't a hand pass. But if the puck hit off the top of his palm or like the top of his hand and went to him, that would still be a hand pass because by rule, if it hits any part of your hand and goes to your teammate, it's legally like a hand pass. It's just like, it's a shitty like, gray area rule but like by definition it is and they have to call it it's just i was surprised that you could review that yeah i I don't like that that you can review those little things like uh when one of the king whatever game was where the kings beat the oilers in overtime where they like the high stick like yeah i I personally didn't like obviously that review went la's way but i didn't think that should have even been up for review like that was just i don't think it really affected the play and uh i don't know I was trying to figure out where, like, in chronologically, that high stick happened because it must have happened like a bit At least before. A few passes before the goal. Yeah. Ends. Whereas, like, there's a lot of time between to like figure that out. But, um, Hayden, I wanna, I wanna go to you. Like, with I know you were in Mexico for like majority of the first round, but, um, you must it's okay. Still... Illegally streaming works. Yeah. Exactly. A hundred percent. But, um. We were going back and forth a bunch about this series a lot because you followed Florida a lot this year, mm-hmm. um, especially Swaggy Verhage, who was one of the bigger players in the series. But just in general, because of the prominence Boston had and Florida was pesky and some of the games were high scoring, mm-hmm. um, we talked a lot about the series. So what was your kind of uh, point of view on this series? And My point of kind view... Of- and how it broke out it was i was talking to the boys about it when we were in mexico obviously duncan and i were kind of like the two that were talking hockey more or less but even when everybody was 
you know, watching the games because it's like it's sports. Yeah. Playoffs. Like, of course, you're going to watch it. I was like, after it was 3 1, I told Duncan, I was like, the only way Florida can win it is to outscore Boston. And they have the firepower to do it, they have depth. And then Boston just has to play very, very strategic and not sloppy. They can't take penalties because as soon as, like Matt said, as soon as the floodgates open for power plays, boom, it just came on like a fucking racehorse. And one one thing that was actually really interesting about this series, whoever scored the goal first of the game won the game. In every game. And even when it was bleak looking for Florida in the last minute, and Montour scores that goal, uh, that tying goal, and <laughs> to win in overtime, it's like this is unreal. That a this trend is keeping up, and b the fact that uh, none of the goalies for Boston really like had a really great game. And I also want to touch on, I can't believe they put Swayman in Game Seven. I thought they should have done like what you're saying, put him in maybe in game six and then see about game seven. But like, holy shit, I, I couldn't imagine what Swayman was feeling. It's like I haven't done anything. And now you're asking me to come and pull out this win out of my ass. Yeah, I just find it such a hard position, no matter how good your goalie's been playing this year. Like Swayman's numbers were top five and like amazing two numbers. of the major categories for goalies. But I don't care how good your stats are. It's just such a hard position to put your goalie in. It's like do or die die game. You have to go in and play. Like, I just think the game six one, it's like he didn't play. Omar didn't play great in game five. May as well throw him in, throw Swayman in game six, see how he does, and then make your decision for game seven. It might make it a bit easier. But also, like, Omar apparently was playing hurt all series. So it's like if he's playing hurt, why wouldn't you start Swayman earlier? Yeah, it's that just doesn't like, make sense. And reports are coming out like Bergeron was playing with a herniated disc. So that kind of goes along with Matt's thing. It's like if he's hurt with a herniated disc, why are you going to yeah, ruin the, playing him? Like the mojo in the lineup right now that's got you up 3-1? I just think the, I think the coaching, I just think it was being overthought. And it was like, save Bergeron, let him rest up until it's game seven. or Because I think thrown in a player for game seven is different than throwing in a goalie for game seven because a player mm-hmm. yeah you run four lines so keep burrs run you're up three one keep burrs run out until you need him for a do or die game in game seven roll with the lineup that's got you up three one and then if you win then he has rest till round two like i just think that makes sense but obviously ian i think you alluded to it hindsight's 2020 like we can look at everything that went wrong but it's just so tough seeing i was genuinely like speechless when boston lost i was like i can't believe this happened yeah the 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 this this is the most shocking like you could also say Toronto winning is shocking because it's Toronto but this is the most shocking i think result of the first round i i i don't know how many people would have taken Florida outside, especially even Florida fans? Like I'm sure Panther fans are like, yeah, it's kind of kind of nice to you know get into the playoffs again. Panthers but, fans, 
They just know that they have a team in Florida. That's all. <laughs> yeah, facts. The, like, wait, uh, we have a hockey team. <laughs> the, uh, the the Miami fans are like, God damn it, the Heat aren't playing tonight. What else is on? <laughs> yeah. Who's these Florida Panthers? Is that an crazy? <laughs> actually, that the Heat and the Panthers upset the one seed. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. That's fucking insane. Actually, I just thought about that. Yeah. Well, God uh, damn. Florida's keeping their momentum going right now. They're up 4-2 against Toronto with five minutes left. So, Yeah, Brandon um, Montour scored the fourth goal. So. Yeah, actually, yo, that guy's actually fucking crazy. <laughs> he's insane and from the blue line, too. He's insane. And before Florida tied it up, we'll quickly touch on this. I was like, I just have a feeling Montour is going to step up big. And I just think he's going to score. I, it was more so like when they had the power play right before they scored. I was like, Montour's scoring here. I just know it. But then he ended up scoring even strength. I was like, that guy's just been stepping up massive. Huge. And last point here that I have, as much as Florida kind of choked this away, you got to give tip your hat to Florida because they played absolutely unbelievable hockey and they deserved every ounce of moving on. But um, any more on this series or should we let uh, give Matt a rest? Yeah, give me a rest. All right. Respect. <laughs> Better to get it over with first. <laughs> Toronto ends the longest fucking drought in uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. After 19 years of not moving past the first round, a series win, I guess we should say. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in six. Captain Johnny T banks it off of Radish's skate and advances them in overtime. Uh, this is going to be like a where were you moment. Uh, and as much as it's just a first round series, but people are gonna be like, Where were you when they? But uh, Matt, I'll go to you here. Um, Toronto moves on. What did you kind of see from uh, this series and just everything? Well, you know, after game one, I wouldn't have thought it was gonna happen, but uh, I mean, you look at last year's series and it's kind of like the same thing, rules reversed, yeah, and then uh. Yeah, man, I guess uh, they together, you know, they actually closed out a series. Good for them. Um, I really didn't think that was Samson off in that. Like, I didn't think this was going to be the year. Like, you know, you say, like, the Bruins are shocking. I thought this one was pretty shocking, too, because, like, yeah, it seemed like Tampa would be, okay, like, they won games, games, um, game five. Like, they're going to come back. They're going to win it in Tampa. And Toronto playing, doesn't matter where they're playing, Toronto in game seven, I wouldn't bet on them ever. So, you know, yeah. historically, no, they, yeah. they they played well, like as a team this year. And I didn't think this was the year for them. I still think they're, they're short on defense and i still don't think Samsoff's a good goalie. I think that's showing tonight, you know, but uh, no good for them, I guess. One more thing for Leafs fans to talk about. So that's great. But yeah. Yeah. We, I just realized we kind of sewered Matt really bad there like talked about boston losing <laughs> yeah. and be like hey let's talk about your arch yeah. <laughs> great great segue Jevin. great great segue i'm not just a pretty facey and i'm not uh, just i thought, I thought face, you said right? we we're gonna give matt a break and then you just <laughs> fucking dagger deeper but matt doesn't have to talk anymore it's fine um <laughs> uh i genuinely thought that Tampa was going to win just based off of Vasi over Samsonov. Like, I just thought 
I think if Vasilevsky just plays like a bit better, then I think Tampa wins this. But I also think the wear and tear is a proper narrative in this series. Like they've been to three straight cup finals. And like, I think a lot of it was like they were up and they just couldn't hold a lead and good on Toronto for like fighting back and like not necessarily giving up. But like game four, I thought that was like, holy shit, like Tampa's back. And then they just blow that fat lead. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? And Samsonov played great when he needed to. And it was enough for them to advance. And John Tavares ended the Islanders series win drought um, against Florida. And he ends Toronto's series win drought. Um, So shout out for Toronto. I honestly think that this can... This weight off their shoulders can unleash them on a run, but it's also, who knows? But uh, huge weight off their shoulders, and the meme, the memes are over now. The memes are over. Definitely, I think Vasilevsky was probably like we're talking about bad goaltending with Boston. Vasilevsky, I I've never seen him play as terribly as I have ever seen him play in that series he he really didn't have like one standout game to me you know yeah he let in a ton of goal uh a tunch a <laughs> bunch of goal <laughs> and even i heard or i saw one report where it was like um he was gonna get pulled and he he was like no i'm not actually and just went out on the ice in between like second and and the third period, and it's like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> no, when it's not your day, but at the same time, he probably has earned to never be pulled. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, yeah. We were talking about this last week. It's like he's earned that power to be like, no, I stay. It's like, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. It sounds <laughs> good. Right. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's kind of like when Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh was like, Lamar, you want to go for it? Yeah. All right. Go for it then. All right, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> no, hundred percent. No, but uh, do you guys agree with not playing um, Michael Bunting when I think it was Game Five when they uh, lost? Do you think Michael Bunting should have played when his suspension was over? I I was uh, anti Bunting. I I would have kept him out of the lineup because it's kind of the same thing we talked about with the Bruins of like you were already yeah. winning, put those guys back in, and obviously it's a different outcome, but you are winning without Bunting. You know you got you got a, you got a couple up extra you know bullets in the chamber. If it doesn't happen in Game Five, it didn't happen in Game Five, so they went to Game Six and it worked out in Game Six. So I, I think. I think Keith did the right thing there. That, I think that was the right thing to not play him in game five, but then put him back in in game six. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's just like when the game was going on, I was like, I feel like they could use a Michael Bunting type player right now because it was like super physical and chippy. But obviously, if you've won three in a row without him, don't really mess with that. But then, but you know, but then you know, like then you're like, oh shit, like, hey, we now we know. Now yeah. we know what we need. What we're missing and what the extra element is for game six. Perfect. And we they threw him in and they uh they won game six. So sure. not necessarily saying he was the reason, but it obviously must have helped rejuvenate the lineup. But there was, uh, there was I was gonna say there was also no Justin Hole either. 
Oh my god, that guy! <laughs> that guy was so bad that series. He he. Here's the thing: he shouldn't. He he should have been taken out before game one. Then it went wet Tampa. Yeah, it was unbelievable how bad he was playing. Matt, this is a perfect opportunity for you to talk right now because it's bashing the. Uh, I was gonna defenseman. say Justin Hole or Willie DeHarnay. Who would you rather have? <laughs> oh, the. What is the it? Edmonton Vincent, defender? Vincent DeHarnay or some shit is it like Vincent? that. Oh, I thought it was yes. Willie. Okay. Willie was the coach for Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But Matt, Justin Hall, how bad was he this? Didn't look good. But like I said, Leafs don't have, <laughs> you know, like they don't have the depth, right? Like, what, what do you expect? Like, you know, you got Morgan Riley and then, yeah, Giordano is like a good veteran. And, you know, TJ Brody's okay, in my opinion. Yeah. Not like, you know, elite by any means but uh i'm just watching toronto not be able to finish chances here so <laughs> Bobrovsky standing on his head yeah he's Bobrovsky's. you know he's hot like he could go a long ways with him so yeah like this is Bobrovsky when uh they swept tampa like it's just yeah. holy fuck but no yeah they should have put Lilgren in like before game one even started um, it was just a night. It was nightmare fuel for uh, Toronto with Justin Hall on the ice, and they probably could have at least it could have been more competitive. Like they didn't have to claw back as much to win was, games it, if Justin it, Hall was out of the lineup. It's not only taking out Hall; it's doubling down and going eleven seven without Justin Hall. Like it's kind <laughs> of fuck you. I kind of respect you for. Like, <laughs> Oh, 70 and you are not one of those 70 <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> better luck next just an extra slap in the face um all right yeah that's enough uh toronto beats tampa in six the drought is over i was genuinely like holy shit i can't believe this happened it's crazy but uh ian we're going to yours we're going to your boys because you're the only one in our pre-playoff uh, predictions to guess the Kraken, and you guessed the right amount of games. All I had to text you was release the Kraken question mark, and you were like, that's what the town is saying, baby. How are you feeling as a as a crackhead right now, now that your team has moved on past the defending Stanley Cup champions? You must be buzzing. I, I don't think I actually picked Seattle. I, I think I just said, like, I think I said Colorado in seven, but I said watch out. Oh, I thought I, you picked Seattle in seven. But maybe, maybe you said... I, maybe I did. I, I think I just said, like, Seattle's going to give a, a tougher fight. And, you know... Yeah, you honestly whatever. might have said that. Let me check back. But Hot takes were flying throughout that Yeah, you said time, you so. said abs in seven, but you did say watch out for Seattle. You did. And, okay. and, and Seattle uh, came through. And Seattle... Played their goddamn hearts out. Good lord, that game seven was insane. It was Holy fucking crazy. That that That's... offside was insane, though. Like we we thought Nate Dog tied it up, but no, Lekkonen was about three feet offside, and it was just like, okay, all right, buddy, <laughs> what are you doing? It's it, here's the thing. It's not great when you know Oliver Bjorkstrand has more posts than you have goals. That that's not <laughs> great. Not a great recipe to success. I'll, I'll say that much. He got three posts in like the last 10 minutes of the third, I swear. Like it wasn't even just the whole game. I, he was hitting the posts left, right, and center. It was insane. Yeah. But uh, 
Matt, what did you think about the Kraken taking down the Avalanche? Making history first, uh, I can't remember. It was it felt like a cherry-picked stat a bit, but it was like first um, team to defeat the defending Stanley Cup champions in their first playoff appearance or something like that. It was very mm-hmm. cherry-picked stat, but they they got into the record books. But, Matt, what did you think about Seattle's efforts? Yeah, and one of those things, too, that I never would have had them in the bracket winning. As you, you know, they played really well this year, given that. And, you know, the Avalanche, even though they finished first in their division, like, I don't think they played that well this year. Like, they kind of, at the end, they, they, they hyped it up a bit. But, uh, no, I, I uh, good for them. Like, they, I, I'm kind of getting, like, uh, Vegas first year's playoff fives from them right now, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, like oh, like, well... Like on paper, they don't look like they they should be winning, but they are, and it seems like they're all playing to a high level. So, see how far they can go. I think Grubauer has something to prove. You know, he proved it. Um, no, I, I was surprised, but uh, on Colorado, like I, you know, without Landeskog, without uh, Nichushkin up to his shenanigans down in Seattle, whatever that may be. Yeah, I was. That. Yeah, that's something I forgot to talk about last week. He was escorted away with the cops because apparently he got into some uh altercations downtown seattle but that's yeah. kind of allegedly, all i know about allegedly. yeah but hopefully everything's okay with him but um carry on with what you're saying matt i mean it just looked like mckinnon and you know mckinnon ranch and mccarr was like the only people on the team that were like really out there every night right yeah last year just seemed a little different when colorado playing like all four lines were always buzzing I think losing Kadri does play a big role because that's like that's a reliable centerman, right? You can then you can kind of split, you know, McKinnon ranting it up and actually like you know have a guy that one that could feed off of. But no, man, it's hard to do it back to back, right? And yeah, 100%. I don't think Georgiev's that great of a goalie. I think last year they got lucky with Kemper not playing that well. Like, I don't think you can go back to back cup finals with goalies who are like playing okay. No matter how good your team is, so yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, there. I think Landeskog was really massive. He kind of he holds that team together really well. And not having Kadri and trying to play like Lars Eller in that role or Alex Newhook, I just don't think it's quite going to cut it. But I think this kind of proves that you don't really need those superstars up front to go on a run. Like Seattle, I just felt like they kind of worked one to four, just at a very pretty high level, I guess. And it was just, they come at you in waves, and it's almost just kind of hard to it's hard to prevent. But Hayden, what did you think about this series? It shocked me to shit. <laughs> I called Colorado in five, saying that McKinnon wasn't gonna ha- let this happen. It, it, he played, he played good, like Matt said. Like it was him, Rantanen, and McCarr. Those were like the three. Seattle has fucking depth. Yeah, at every line, and and, and I agreed more with like what Matt said, like. All four lines for Colorado last year were buzzing. Nothing was buzzing. Nothing was going on. It was Seattle and that, uh, yeah, that called back goal was just the absolute dagger to Colorado fans and Colorado players everywhere because I feel like the 
the life just went out of that building and Seattle took its its chance. Yeah. The Kraken climbed the mountain. Amen, brother. <laughs> no, I totally I totally agree with you there. But you know what were you gonna say? The to to Hayden's point, uh, you know McKinnon is gonna have like five points next year the next time he plays Seattle. Like the, his next <laughs> Yeah, his, his next game is gonna be like his Batman revenge game or some shit. Yeah, I he's like, fuck you guys, you guys took this away from me. I am gonna make <laughs> who I am. Yep. And like it's gonna, it's gonna be some November in Denver and he's gonna have five points. Everybody's gonna be like, Oh wow, look at that. Like, no, that dude that dude is going like whatever the LeBron meme is. <laughs> what mckinnon yeah. will be mckinnon's gonna have like two goals three assists a fight a spear a slash he's gonna have a full score sheet and he's gonna, he's... Flip, the he's gonna flip the bird at somebody against the kraken next year and, and yeah. it's gonna be hilarious. yeah it's he's he's gonna be doing everything that game he's gonna be running wild so better hold him on a leash but yeah i uh i want to get to the eberly hit because Eberly hits Cogliano from behind in game six, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no suspension, which I think very, caught me by surprise because I think the hit was way worse than Kale McCarr's. Um, the circumstances were a bit different. The puck was actually in play for Eberly's hit. Kale McCarr's wasn't. But I think hitting a guy straight on the numbers headfirst into the boards and then not giving him a hearing or suspension really caught me off guard. And maybe the injury that Cogliano sustained is coming into play a bit, but when you fracture a guy's neck hitting him from behind, I feel like there has to be some sort of repercussion coming from that. Am I taking crazy pills or is someone going to agree with me? No, I I agree. <laughs> I, I don't know how you can suspend Makar and then turn a blind eye to a hit almost uh, the same or if not worse. Yeah, like, I just think I just think like the hit itself is like way worse on all levels. Like even if absolutely. the puck in play or not, I think the hit is just like it's so like standard of what you're not supposed to do. And uh, the fact that he didn't get anything from that is kind of wild to me. Yeah, it's crazy. Ian, Matt, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it's like running, you know, running through a stop, running through the stop sign is what we, you know, would call that, right? Yeah. Uh, it just like, just basic. It's just obvious. Yeah, I just think it, I, I was, I was very surprised that nothing came from that, and I definitely think. Like Everly is a big part of that team. He's not like gonna move the needle incredibly because like we said, like Seattle has a very even roster, line lines one to four, where like I think you can someone can slot him for Everly pretty well. But if you take him out of that lineup, something might change. And I think Seattle and Everly got away with one with him staying in the lineup for game seven. So I was very surprised that he wasn't suspended. But uh, hopefully Cogliano gets better because fractured necks suck. Um, Oilers. Oilers beat the Kings in six games. Let's fucking go. Did I get nervous? A little bit. But, I mean, what a hell of a series. Uh, what a hell of a game is six. 
it was pretty insane. Uh, many ups and downs. Uh, Hayd, um, your thoughts on Edmonton, LA? Let's go. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one team I'm cheering for, uh, I don't know if that's made obvious, but it's the Oilers. Uh, I am part of oil country. Uh, it's not hard to cheer for the best player when the best player literally just so magical. But this series uh, definitely goes, the MVP goes to Dreisaitl. There was a point when he was on for all 14 goals, I think it was, or something like that. So he, he was fucking insane for the first three games, and he kept up this craziness. And best best power plays, like, this playoffs has to offer. What were they, like? They are 57% uh, at one point. Yeah, that, that's insane. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, what what do you know? Oh, they get a power play. Oh, they're scoring. Uh, you could make a bet, and it'd probably hit. <laughs> I mean, you're making was... money if you're betting on every power play because they're fifty seven percent. It's exactly like you're hitting one over one in uh every two. So it was just an electrifying series, uh, and a great game six. And like, I was surprised. How good LA stood up to Edmonton. Corpasalo played some really great games, but then stinky games. Uh, but you can also say that for Skinner. Uh, he is a rookie. First playoff series ever. Uh, but credit to Jack Campbell coming in and winning them, what was it, like game four or something like that? Game three, I think. Yeah. I'm serious. To Jeffries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's back. Yeah. We might have to cut that out. But yeah, my Wi Fi isn't great up here. But uh, Hayden, what were you saying there? I was just saying it was an electrifying series. I, if that could be like every, every series, I would. Not be upset. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset either. Um, Ian, what did you what did you think about the series? Um, I think it went about as expected. Jevin, I I have a good story. Uh, one of my buddies' uh, girlfriend was asking me because she's an Oilers fan. Like, I want to get an Oilers jersey of a player of someone who's not bad, not gonna get traded or released. And she's like, should I get a Clem Costin jersey? <laughs> I'm like, I have not thought about Klim Costed for more than five seconds total in my life. <laughs> Seems like a great glue guy, though. Great glue guy. Like, <laughs> he, like, after, like, after she brought him up, like, dude had a great, like, great round. Like, just, so I think yeah, he, had, he had a, he had a great game six. Yeah, he had a great game six. And it's just like, well, shit, what do I know? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did I just hear about this guy when this series started? For sure. Yeah, but absolutely. Is he, is he going to be signed to a 10 by 10 by Ken Holland this summer? Yes. <laughs> it, it, like getting getting a Klim Costin jersey is really the hockey equivalent of like, I'm not like other girls. So like if you <laughs> go get a Klim Costin jersey, 
go for it. Now, now's the time to do it. Stocks have never been higher on on Klim Costed, but honestly, um, those jerseys might be more expensive now because they see what the the stats the value. Yeah, the, the value is just skyrocketed for him. It probably gone up a whole twenty dollars. Uh, yeah. Definitely messaged him and said like. Hey, I'm buying one of your jerseys. Can you perform for me? He's like, fuck yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> All the baddies in Edmonton are talking about Klim Costin. That's, <laughs> that's All that's, the baddies in their F-150s. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like Jordan Poole turns into prime Jordan when he sees a baddie courtside and Klim Costin turns into Gretzky when he sees a Sees a baddie in the corner of the press box or something. <laughs> like, all right, time to turn it on, baby. Just snap. Anyway, that's that's my that's my that's my that's, that's your my breakdown. Thing. That's your breakdown. <laughs> Love it, Matt. What about you? What did you? What were your thoughts on the series? I think they had to win. If Edmonton didn't win, kind of a, you know be funny, but still, <laughs> we have like a guy. You know, what do you get? One hundred fifty-three points. One hundred sixty-three points this year. McDavid. 165 or 64 or something. 164. Right. Yeah. You know, not not embarrassing on him, but embarrassing on the team. Like, if you can't get past the first round with that. And uh, I also don't, I mean, I think LA is a good team. I don't think they're a great team. Like, Kopitar and Dowdy are still great players, but they're past their prime. And I think the team will be good. But, like, what other names, like, really stick out? Like, I'll go with that guy's a superstar. Superstar, maybe you not know, superstar, maybe not a superstar, but Kemp is Kemp is just a goal f- scorer. He's just so good. He turns up in the big moments, but like he's a forty, he's a star. Kemp is a star, but he's not necessarily like on the McKinnon, Ranton, yeah. Drysaddle, McDavid. He's not on that tier, but he's like top fifty player. Arvidsson yeah. also really turned it on the last half of the year so far. Too. Yeah, Arvidsson's, Arvidsson's a very good like depth. Top he's middle a six forward. guy though he's always been a streaky guy yeah he's a really good middle six forward but like i'd say campe and fiala are like star level but um, yeah i like fiala too but again like another talk about streaky guys like those guys are yeah. key right and fiala was injured a lot this year wasn't he or was yeah last year? yeah he yeah, was he, injured yeah he was hurt a bit this year but that kind of feels like la it like la like we can talk about all those guys and they're all good quality pieces they do feel like they're one star away like they like it feels like the kings are like one more in my opinion one more star like we can talk about philip to all we want to but like it does feel like the kings are like one more star away from like getting getting past somebody like the oilers or getting up to like the stars level like being that elite of a team instead of you know being a good team they could be a great team with another star there's one more Klim Costin away from going on a run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the LA, the LA killer. Just get him on your team. There's gonna be like 15 to 20 GMs like, over the summer. It's like, so what? What's the availability on Costin? It's like <laughs> he's an RFA. Like he, he scored 20 points this year. Why is everybody? Yeah. So LA's like first round tender. It's like we want him. It's like all right. First round pick, Brant Clark and Kevin Fiala. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, this guy eliminated you last year. You better give up <laughs> your entire team for him, buddy. <laughs> that, that, the market, that's what the going rate is. Like, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Going rate is. Yeah, exactly. Who 
Did McDavid make Costin or did Costin make McDavid? We'll never know, honestly. <laughs> so don't mind the regular season. The regular season is not the playoffs, buddy, okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who really turned up when you needed him most, Costin or McDavid? <laughs> right? McDavid might have more secondary apples, but Costin has the goals, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and this is what you usually say. We've hit cost and talk. Now it's time to move on, right? Yeah, yeah. now we've hit the Klim Costin portion of the podcast. Now we got to... <laughs> <laughs> um, one more thing I do want to talk about, or I guess a couple more things. That uh, Skinner broken stick really uh, shivered my timbers, if you know what I'm saying. Dude, um, that was insane. Yeah, he didn't know his stick was broken, went to go play the puck. His stick completely went over it as soon as he put one pound of weight on his stick to make a pass stick went right over it eat pizza right to deno tied up the game and i'm like you motherfucker skinner i swear to god you're making me lose hair by the minute and then kyler yamamoto from the fucking clouds just Ooh. sends a c and i shot and puts him out front but what what were your like when you saw that skinner had broken the stick like did you think like, oh shit, nothing's going Edmonton's way right now? Like this is LA's winning this game because that's what was going through my head. I'm like, if that shit's happening to Edmonton, there's no way that they win this game. Absolutely, I, I just thought when Skinner whiffed on it, I'm like, oh you fucking idiot! How yeah. do you whiff on it? But then I saw a video where Kempe slashed it and broke it, and I'm like, how do you not realize it? But then I'm thinking about all the times that. I've played like goalie and like shit like that. Your sticks on an angle. Yeah. Tell you go to shoot it. And I'm like, fuck, he really must've been like, not even realized it. And then, yeah, for, for that to happen to whiff over it and get absolutely nothing on the puck. I was like, of course that would happen. That would fucking happen. And then for LA to tie the game and, for me to just sit on like the edge of my seat for the rest of the time being until Kyler Yamamoto throws an absolute like bird. Yeah. <laughs> Corpus Allen didn't even fucking see it. He's like, Oh, that definitely went over. Meanwhile, every Edmonton player is celebrating. <laughs> no, that was, I, I was like, Holy shit. Yamamoto made a play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, nah, well, did, did you like kind of watch that LA goal live? When Skinner whiffed uh, on it, yeah. After after the Leafs game ended, I was enough hockey for the night. That's fair. That's fair as a Boston fan. I I gotta respect that. <laughs> but yeah, like Hayden with the Skinner broken stick, I don't like I don't see like how he would realize it because goalies aren't really utilizing their stick often throughout the game. Exactly. So, like, you, you wouldn't have a reason to notice until he played the puck. It just turned out that it was in front of the net where he had no other support and Mm -hmm. it was an LA player chasing him down. So it was just a bad time to find out that his stick was broken. It would have been much better if it was a behind the net play where he had no pressure on him. He had no pressure. Yeah. Also what a play by Deneau absolutely risking it for the. Yeah. I mean, also like that's the reason why you don't, that's why like you don't peel off too early. Like that's why you always pressure because you never know what, if he peeled off and Skinner had done that, you would have been like, fuck, if I just kept going, I would have put the puck in the net. Exactly. Right? But um, 
Do we think LA pushes hard this offseason for a star of some sort? Like, do you think they maybe go for a Debrink at for because it's not guaranteed he'll re-sign in Ottawa? Do they go for like that type of player, or do you think they just kind of settle with what they have now? Um, or do you think they kind of make a push to go on a run? Debrink it on the be nasty, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be gross. I like that move. Matt, Ian, what I, do you... I don't think to stay. Pardon me? I'm just looking at who they have expiring this year. Yeah, I... they got a lot of old pieces. They got to do something. The Brinkett would be cool. I, I feel like LA is a team that's going to try and wait out and see, like... They're going to try and wait out and see like what Calgary does. Like if if Calgary's going to go into a rebuild here, what kind of Calgary pieces might be available? Or uh, it's not, I don't think it's a great free agent class this year, if I remember, because like I'm pretty sure the Toronto media is putting Michael Bunting up there as like a top free agent. It's like a, <laughs> a, all right, all right, uh, sure, sure. But I, I do feel like the Kings are not a team that will rush in anything. Like if they see a, a deal, they like that that kind of is the vibe of LA. Like if they see a deal they like, they're going to go for it. That's why they got Fiala. That's why they got Arvidsson. That's why they got to know, um, you know, we've been talking about their young core for a few years now, but again, it feels like the time where like you need a superstar or a star, probably somebody to replace Kopitar as your top line center. And, and, you know, somebody who, and, and maybe it's, maybe it's two players. Maybe it's a center. Maybe it's another guy like the Brinkett who can score 30 goals for you. Like that's, that's probably what the Kings are, are really needing. If want to go all out and like put their balls on the table per se. Yeah. Yeah. I there agree. really actually isn't a lot of uh, free agents next year. Ian, Ian was definitely right. The uh, top of the list actually is Patty Kane and then Jonathan Taze. Who oh yeah, might Patty retire. Kane. Patty Kane really showed up in these playoffs, huh? Oh my god! And then Ryan O'Reilly third. So yeah, there's a lot of old heads, yeah. and it signed like a one year deal somewhere. But Matt, do you Fourth, think do you think LA makes a push this off season, or do you think they kind of just settle with what they have, run it back another year, and then kind of go from there? I think they're probably gonna run it back because like they'll let their younger guys maybe you know another year under the belt. But I'm just looking at their their goaltending situation. Like you think they're gonna keep Corpusalo right? Like easy UFA this year, and then they're paying that Peterson guy five mil for the next what three years, and then Phoenix Copley was their backup for most of the year, right? Like I don't know what what was it's Blake, right? Or so he's Minnesota. Who's GM of LA? It's not Rob. No. It's- yeah, Rob Blake. Yeah, it's Rob Blake. What does he what does he want to do? Like I think he signed Corpusalo, but then you have to dump Peterson probably. Yeah, that's so. a great contract. Nope. Yeah, he was I'd... the guy two years ago, kind of for them. So yeah, I think I was just a rushed signing though. But um I think next year they just gotta hope they don't play Edmonton. And then there you go. First round. For real. Yeah. For real. Uh all right. Well, it's uh We'll move on to the next series. And speaking of Patty Kane, the Rangers uh, choke a 2-0 series lead and lose to the Devils in seven. Um, Shesterkin, uh, he was definitely not the reason why they 
loss, he was first in every goalie category, like advanced analytics kind of thing. Um, he had a 939 save percentage, which was first. He had a 5.88 goal saved above average. And his high danger save percentage was pretty high, almost 900. Like he had a really good playoffs. It's just that he had zero goal support on the other end. And you could applaud Schmidt for that, for coming in and recovering what Vitek Vanacek left out there. But also, first overall, second coming of Crosby and Alexi Lafreniere had zeros across the board in every single game this series. Um, and Panarin had, I actually have the graphic here of every player who had more points than Panarin these playoffs. And I'll hand it over to you guys right after this. Um, Jesper Bratt, Nick Perbix, Ian Cole, Max Domi, Ivan Barbashev, Frederick Goudreau, Paul Stastny, Michael Amadio, Ross Colton, and seven guys on the Devils had more points than Artemi Panarin. And minus all the Devils players on the list, they've all played less than Artemi Panarin these playoffs. So Kane had six points in seven games. Benajad didn't score until game six, I'm pretty sure. It was just absolutely brutal showing from New York where... Devil's depth kind of showed up. So I'll give the spotlight over to you guys. Um, what did you think about this Devil's Rangers Battle of the Harbor series? Call Lafreniere James Bond is 007. Zero goals, zero assists, seven games played. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like uh, that. Yeah, it was it was absolutely insane to see that the Devils the devils were dead in the water and that's what i was expecting and then they just clawed back and defied all odds against like that whole new york team no matter how much they put into at the deadline it's just they couldn't even beat a young inexperienced devils team who didn't even play vanacek in like the last what was it four games yes five five mm. games like that's just insane to me yeah it was it was pretty unreal and i knew they'd always have scoring trouble because they've had even strength scoring trouble the past couple of years and i thought at some point they'd get out of it and they just never found it but ian matt what did you boys think of this this series well, I've got Jack Hughes on my fantasy team, so team now playoffs. <laughs> but uh, I I was definitely surprised. Well, I was surprised after you know the first two games that the Devils were playing that bad because I mean Vanek yeah. wasn't having a good playoffs, but like you watch those games, like it looked like they couldn't generate offense, so their life depended on it, right? And you know, hats off to Schmid, you know, kind of you know fueled the team to play better, and he played great. Uh, because you kind of forget they do have Palat, who's won two cups. And, you know, there's some Stanley Cup experience in that team. They got Tatar, who's been around for a long time, picked up Meyer. I don't really know how well Meyer's playoffs went for him. He wasn't falling into They got much. blown the fuck up by Truba. 
Yeah, yeah. When we were talking about hits earlier, I, we'll talk about that in a sec. I didn't like that hit. It was clean, but like, Shrubu was trying to injure him. Like, there's nothing about it there. Like, he's trying to hurt him and send him out of the game. But, uh, no, yeah, and then got Dougie Hamilton, too. So he's he's been around a long time as well, got some playoff experience. So good for them. Uh, let to see if they can continue around. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy the Devils won. I don't like the Rangers. I don't like Patrick Kane. Fair enough. Ian? I I, I think I called the Devils. I did you call did. the Devils. Mm-hmm. You said Devils in five, which I, I thought was... Bold, bold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Takes for def- flying. We said that. Uh, uh, definitely wasn't happening after the second game. Um, no, it, the Devils just felt like they wanted it more, especially in Game Seven. Yeah, like the like like the Rangers just did not show up. They they just had nothing, and I. I you know, I picked the Devils, obviously, but I was still surprised at the fact that the Rangers just didn't show up at all for for Game se- Game Seven against arguably your biggest rival, and y- you know showed like you can't have that. That's unacceptable. And the full credit to the Devils; they earned it, they deserved it, and they deserve to be playing in the in the second round. Yeah, yeah to lose I... is one thing; to get shut out is another. Yeah, Schmidt, who was making his first playoff series like appearance, obviously his first playoff appearance was in game three, and shot him out in game four and then shot him out in game seven. It's like you can't be doing this after going all in before the trade deadline and getting goal scorers and playmakers like Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko. It's like you got these pieces for a reason. How the fuck are you guys not putting it together? Like it's unbelievable to me that they need power plays to score it's like you have all this firepower how can you not put it together it's well crazy. two things and like it, you're, you're you're great you got a great power play all five goals on the power play were chris Kreider tippins yeah yeah like like there are no offense to chris Kreider. there are other dudes there are other dudes on that team and i like i totally forgot that laugh existed until they showed him like in the third period during the broadcast. I don't know if it was the same broadcast for you guys, but for me, they just showed like in the third period laugh with like a bunch of zeros. And it's like, Oh yeah, he, that's right. I forgot. I totally forgot that Lafreniere was a player. That's how yeah. bad it was. That's really what it was. Yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal, but uh, Matt, we'll go, we'll go to you now. Truba hit on Meyer. You didn't like it. No, I didn't like it. I mean, I, I didn't play hockey growing up, so, like, I guess there's, you know, I'm not totally familiar with, like, you know, what is a clean hit, what you should not shouldn't do. But, you know, I think I, I watched a lot of hockey. I thought it was high, and I thought his head da- head was down before, like, you know, Trooper really initiated contact. Like, I just, you know, seems like a dangerous hit. If I, I, my, my, I was talking to someone today about it. If McCarr's getting suspension for what he did to McCann, I think Trooper should have at least gotten a penalty for what he did for to Meyer, right? And also too, like even though there's ten minutes left in that game, they're only down two nothing. It still it kind of felt like New York had lost at that point. So to me, it just kind of seemed like he's trying to injure a player, you know, right? Like he's just trying to get something out of it. I don't think he's trying to like, you know, incite his team to start playing better. Just wanted to hurt someone. So I didn't like it. I I respectfully disagree, but I kind of kind of understand where you're coming from. 
I think with what's going on in these playoffs and yeah, the momentum was definitely swung in a way where like it was hard for New York to come back into it. But if we know anything with this, these playoffs, it's like two goals can be scored within 30 seconds and it wouldn't be a surprise. So I think if you can incite any sort of energy back into your team, then like you'll do it. And I think the hit was like as clean as it possibly could get. I think it was just Chuba trying to utilize his power of being able to separate someone from the puck. And I think when you have a big force like Meyer and a big force like Truba, it's just a big collision is going to be the outcome. And like, I don't think, I think Truba attacked it well and like how he was supposed to. And I just think it was like an unfortunate outcome for Meyer. I think I didn't have a problem with it, but I can kind of see with like, I guess the head was the principal point, but like Truba, I don't think went out of his way to like injure him. But that's just me. Yeah. I was gonna say in real time, it looked fine. And then they show like they showed a highlight, like the replay of it. It's like, oh, he caught him in the face. And maybe this is where like Hayden might relate to this, but you know, I it's now becoming more of a you know watching football hits, and now they flag anything for like hit to the head. Yeah, I I personally I don't know what the rule on hit to the head, but I always just go to like if I see somebody get hit in the head, that's a penalty. Viewing a whole lot more stuff now this postseason than they have before, in which case, if you have the opportunity to review it, you should. That's but, fair. If it's a hit to the head, if it's if hit if, if the head it's a head or net area, the head is the principal point of contact. I, I think that should be a penalty, and I think that's something you have to call. Even if it's not intentional, if you still hit a guy in the head, you, you it's not you, you can't have that. That that's just you, you're trying to trying to make the game safer, trying to protect your protect the players. Yeah, you, you have to get those kind of hits out. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, what about you before we move on? Uh, honestly, I thought it was a clean hit as well from looking at it first uh, in real time. But yeah, you do. Everyone brings up some good points with if it's a hit to the head, it's a penalty, which understandably so that is a penalty. It's just players going in that fast of motion to really try and like, not do that sometimes it takes a lot especially if you got all that adrenaline pumping up you're probably like damn this guy needs to get hit in the face (laughs) so you just instinctively do it but at the same time if that's your if that's your thought process yeah you should be penalized so uh, it, it, it was nice to see a big hit uh and not have anything called on it because Holy shit, I hate I hate reviews. I hate everything being reviewed. And that's coming from a guy that wanted a review longer five years ago. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Keep but not the dirty hits. And that's that's really all I could say. All right. Uh any more on this series before we move on? Uh, I'm pretty sure Akira Schmidt is Swiss for Marty Berdur. Yeah, I can see it. I actually searched it up, and it is for a fact. 
Um, we'll keep this one pretty quick because there isn't really much to it. But Vegas beats Winnipeg in five. They're the first team to move on to the second round. Um, I think this played a lot into Winnipeg losing a lot of their big guys. Shifley, Perfetti, Morrissey, Ehlers. They are out for majority of the series, and especially Ehlers. He came back for game five. But I think that really played an impact in Vegas taking a hold of the series. And I had I had Winnipeg moving on just because of goaltending, and I think Winnipeg kind of shows up in the playoffs. But Winnipeg takes it down in five. Uh, Ian, what did you uh, get from the series? I don't think I learned anything that I didn't already know. I think my my bigger takeaway is just the aftermath for Winnipeg with what Bonus was saying about his players and how the players responded to Bonus. Um, that's kind of that 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 those opened my eyes a little bit more. Those yeah, same here. I'm I'm curious to see Brassois and you know this series against Edmonton. That that's an interesting matchup compared to Winnipeg. Um, but really the 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 bigger story for me is just the Jets now and kind of who are they and what do they do? That that that's more like that that's more interesting to me than what actually happened on the ice. Yeah, same. Same, yeah, I agree. I think the the comments are like it's always this weird spot where it's like, all right, what's this what's the direction gonna be? But where it came out, that bonus is staying with the team. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that relationship goes. Like, are some players going to want out after that? Does Winnipeg blow it up? What kind of, what direction do they go? Because I think Winnipeg's in this weird no man's land spot where they have good players, but it seems like their luck's run out with this core. But Nelson, what, uh, Vegas, Winnipeg, what do you, uh, what do you got to say about this? I mean, I thought Vegas was going to win the series, like, you know, six or seven games. Oh, 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 oh. Away from home. But, uh, you know, not having Elvis losing Morrissey, that, that adds up. And, you know, when you see, like, Wheeler, he, he, what, it was, was it this year, last year, he lost to C, or I think it was this year, like, I don't know, he's not the same player he was, right? Like, you know, trying to, like, strong arm strong arm strong arm his way out of when just play Montreal like I don't think he really deserves that right to do that yet he hasn't was he accomplished really right yeah and also I was watching games he took a lot of stupid penalties he took a penalty that led up to the overtime goal that um Amadio scored against Winnipeg and I thought maybe if Winnipeg won that game it could be a completely different series right because they came back down they're down four to one or whatever Three goals in the third period that could have changed the whole series, but uh, yeah, the one surprising thing was maybe that how good Brassois played. Give him some credit, he's not the starter I would have had for Vegas, you know, going into the playoffs, right? They got like what five goaltenders, yeah, something like that. That's up to him, see if he can keep it up. I guess he had something to prove too, though, because he was a he was a backup for Winnipeg a few years ago, so yeah. And Brassois, he was also on waivers too earlier this year, so he's kind of just like playing for his future as well. It's like, I don't want to be a goalie known as I was thrown on waivers and I'm only being played because everyone else is hurt. It's like, I'm kind of, I have to show up in these playoffs to show that I'm better than what 
they labeled me as, but, uh, Hey, what about you? Yeah, I thought Winnipeg was going to upset Vegas. Uh, that was my bold prediction. Sure to go wrong. Uh, did. And I thought Hallibuck would have, like, he did well, but I thought he would have done, like, absolutely incredible. I was trying to call the, uh, call the games before it even happened. Just didn't happen. Vegas yeah. is a good team. And like Ian said, I'm more interested on now or what's happening with Winnipeg after, you know, your leader, someone that coaches you through just absolutely flames everyone, basically. Like, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's very fucked up, actually. <laughs> I I would not want to stick around for any of that shit. Yeah, I think... I think Winnipeg, even before that happened, I think they were going to blow it up and kind of do like a, maybe not like Chicago Blackhawks thing, but like even maybe trade some of their young guys. Just like, I think they should kind of just blow it up. Maybe keep like Morrissey and Connor, but I think maybe trade everyone else and they just kind of like hit a quick reset button. But Mm -hmm. um, I just think Winnipeg's kind of in this no man's land now where... Hellebuck might want out now because he doesn't want to rebuild. So, like, is Hellebuck going to maybe... Maybe is he going to L.A., maybe get traded there because they're kind of... They want to make a... We were just talking about it. They want to take a kick at the can, but their goaltending is kind of weird. So, yeah, I don't know. Winnipeg's just in this weird spot where I think they kind of ship everyone off and kind of blow it up, get some picks, and try to hit a quick reset button. But we'll see. I, I yeah. think, And I think... Well, I think last year was really last summer was really the time to do that when you had the new coach. I think that was really they. they I think they're a year late on this. They really should have yeah. done it last year when they had a new coach and they would have just been like, "Hey, new coach, new team, um, new direction." You're kind of doing it a year late. Uh, I'm with Matt on the whole Dubois thing. Like that's that's kind of bullshit. Um, but I mean, really, if if you know, if 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 you're gonna do it. You know, just rip the band-aid off, trade Shifley, trade Wheeler, um, you know, maybe not necessarily trade Connor, Morrissey, Hellebuck, you know, unless you get an offer you can't refuse to. But you you really, if you're going to do it, you, you just do it now. Just get it over with and yeah. and stop, stop, you know, stop being like, yeah, maybe next season will be a bit better. I I, yeah. I just don't see that. Yeah, I agree. You just got to kind of bite the bullet and do it. And I think that's what they will do. Uh, Dallas beats Minnesota in six games. Um, I think everything kind of went as planned. Um, we talked about it before where like it was a kind of a psycho move of taking Gustafson out after game one and putting Fleury in. And he let in seven on 25. Like I'd think that kind of shifted momentum heavy back into Dallas's favor. And then Ruffin wasn't Minnesota's best friend. Like there's a lot of storylines going against Minnesota, which kind of made it harder for them to win. But I mean, Dallas Rupe Hans is playing like an absolute animal. Ottinger's starting to heat up after starting off slow. And I just think goaltending overall, like I think Gustafson didn't look his best for the remainder of the series. But I I just think it was just a matter of Dallas finding a way to win. And Tyler Sagan stepping up massive for Pavelski while he was hurt. 
but um Matt, uh Dallas over Minnesota. What what did you uh what did you think about that? Think I think the right team won. Uh I thought, you know, hats up to Gustafson in game one, but I think Dallas like it was unlucky not to win game one. Yeah. And uh I I couldn't was there ever a reason that came out why Flurry started game two? I, I that I, I think know. it was just they're just sticking with their tandem all year, but I thought it was psycho taking out a goalie who just made 51 saves and like kept your team in it and like won you the game. Like right. I just thought it was crazy. Maybe they thought they were going to rest him because, you know, whatever. But no, yeah. And, uh, but then after game three, Minnesota won, didn't Minnesota win 7 3 or something like that? And they, they were up 2 1 at one point in the series. So uh, I I was like oh like shit like maybe Minnesota is better than uh, better than I thought but yeah Dallas put it to bed and what speaking of Dallas right now they've kind of uh, imploded this first period here against Seattle they're down four two about three goals in a minute thirty here so Ottinger is uh, cooling down right now. Wait the, what the fuck? Four <laughs> yeah, two Seattle. I saw it was two one. Yeah and then uh, it was two goals in eleven seconds and then when I was talking about. Uh, I think it was Patrick Kane or whatever. Like they scored another goal. Jesus, so, uh, I thought it. Was, I saw Pavelski score the very first goal. Pavelski got then... two goals, so that's good for them. He's got, you know, he's, he's back. On, I don't know if Andre's going to get pulled. I mean, four goals in the first period, maybe. Not great, but it's only two goal, two Not goals great. down, two periods ago. So lots of hockey. Oh. Hey, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Ian, your boy showing up. He's not hitting those posts anymore. I guess uh, one of the other storylines is the Capers didn't show up for Minnesota. So yeah, uh, yeah. that seems like a very Minnesota thing to do is to you know have a pretty have a decent regular season and not really show up in the playoffs. Yeah, it's their last like eight years has been first round, first round, first round miss, first round, first round, first round, or something like that. They beat Colorado one year. In the first round. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Was that like the year they uh won the cup? Like the year before they won the cup that they lost in Minnesota in the first round? No, uh, no, they lost it was like 2015 or something like that. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I think it was in Duchesne era still, but I don't know. Oh, gotcha. Duchesne, Colorado. That's crazy. Uh Ian, any thoughts? Uh Minnesota, Dallas. Uh, I don't think I watched a single minute of that series. Um, the uh, the 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 Wild were pretty mid. Um, the 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 Stars are the better team. Were the better team should have won that series. And like you know, Dallas really. I don't. I, spoiler. Like I know we already talked about the formers to pick the crack and to beat the Stars anyways. Dallas like, really has the formula to go far in the that you know they have a really good goalie they have you know good scoring especially at the top end uh their defense is you know good enough to help win your games like dallas is like kind of one of those in my opinion like a cliche team that we talk about like you gotta be hot you gotta have the goalie you gotta have the depth the scoring that like dallas is that team and i wouldn't be surprised if dallas goes back to the finals yeah, I can see that 100%. I agree with you. Hayd, any word on this? Yeah, I didn't really watch this series either. I was like, 
I don't really like Minnesota. And I don't really like Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I, I can't remember who I who I picked. I think I picked Dallas because of Ottinger. Purely I because Dallas too. Yeah, purely if if I didn't, I'm insane. But I could have because of Flurry. Oh, I hope I, I don't picked, think I, I hope I picked Dallas. It doesn't I, matter I anyway. It, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It was my it was my least watched series. I think so. We'll just yeah. move on, and uh, <laughs> we saved the probably the most boring series for last. But uh, Carolina beats New York in six. Um, I think New York. It was like such a weird series because I thought New York got absolutely dominated, but they kind of forced a game six. Um, there's only so much Sorokin can do. I don't think New York, I think New York scored like one power play goal out of like 25 opportunities or something stupid like that. Like New York's typical no scoring showed up and I just don't even know what this team anymore because they're the most boring team to watch of all time and that's where I'm leaving it. And I was psycho for picking the Islanders to beat Carolina. Uh, Yeah, you were a dog. Let's fucking go. I called Carolina, called that shit. But I said it was going to be their only series win. So yeah. if they somehow pull out a win, uh, or I guess if they somehow pull out a series win against uh, the New Devils, Jersey. I'll be shocked as all hell. Yeah. Now, I, so think I, I think I, I was gonna say I think I picked the Islanders, but also because I brought back my Inlanders joke and it. Oh, it, yeah. it not go well did that's not, why your joke fucked us dude that's why they lost <laughs> sorry sorry one one i i there was a line and i crossed it my, my bad Jay. <laughs> yeah 100 know your place Ian. yeah nelson what are your thoughts on this series i i had the the hurricane sweeping the islanders so like i thought six was you know good for the islanders i guess but uh, I thought the only reason they made the playoffs because Pittsburgh played themselves out of the playoffs. I don't That's think they made the playoffs. I don't think they have. I don't think Burzell is like. I think he's like a, a really good second line center on a good team, right? I don't know. I thought I, I blames like his lack of points on uh, what's his name, Horvat. No, yeah, who was a coach? Barry Trotz. Oh, he's defensive-minded, right? But like, I don't know. They're such a weird team. Like, it seems like every other year is Anders Lee's year, and yeah. in between, Brock Nelson has a good year. Like, it seems they can never get it right. They're a good team, but like, Carolina's gonna win, right? And I, I, even more impressive, they did it without Sveshnikov and Teravainen. Even though Teravainen didn't have that great of a year, but uh. Even Pacioretty, too. Like, he played, like, two minutes and then got hurt again. Right. And, you know, they had Antiranta start in the series, too. I think, what, Anderson won game six. He started game yeah. six. Yeah. So, uh, you know, impressive that they won without two of their top six forwards. But, like, can they beat New Jersey? After New Jersey's kind of, like, you know, they're hot right now. I don't think so, but... If Carolina beats New Jersey, I would have them to win the cup because if they can do that without their top guys, I think they got the depth. Like, I think defensively they're a good team, but uh, remains to be seen. So, 
Yeah, that's fair. I I had Islanders because of their lack of moves, because of Carolina's lack of moves at the deadline, and they lost their big guy. So I thought New York would like edge him out, like get a gritty series win out of it. But looking back, I just think Carolina's just better coached, and I just think they're deeper and they're not as inconsistent scoring as New York is. So seemed kind of silly that I picked them in the first place, but um. Just a quick news on uh, Calgary here. Uh, they're getting a new $1.2 billion arena. So uh, that's pretty cool. Their Junior A arena is no longer um, a thing anymore. And Daryl Sutter is out as Calgary's coach. Um, what do we think about this, boys? I uh, I got something to say about that because I was talking I was talking to Avery and one of the other buddies. I thought they were going to give him another year, like another chance at least. I thought just because... You know, the team changed a lot, right? You know, yeah. Joe and, you know, Kachuk were your guys. And, you know, you also lost Monaghan, who obviously hasn't been the guy for a long time. But he's there. He's still there for a long time. So, um, and they just missed the playoffs, right? Huberto, Uyghur weren't playing very well. I thought they are going to give him, like, you know, the start of next year. But I guess it, it makes sense that they fired him, right? It's, you know, they signed Huberto. They want Hugo. Yeah. They know he's capable of. So yeah, I, I, it makes sense. I was a little bit surprised. I thought they'd give him a chance, but I guess uh, what what their GM say or whatever. Like he only he can, his style of coaching only lasts can work so long. Yeah, something so. like that. So yeah, I'm a, I'm in the same boat. Uh, especially he's pretty fresh off winning Coach of the Year, so um, I thought they'd like give him a little bit of a chance, but. I I just think like something needed to happen, but like you got to think with Calgary, like I can't really think of many players that played well on that team. Like Markstrom didn't play that great. Huberto had the biggest drop off in NHL history. Uyghur didn't really play that great. Like I just don't think a lot worked. Like Lindholm played all right, but I just I can't really think. Of, I just can't really think of much that like worked at all. So I don't know if. Like, can you pin all that on Sutter? But I guess a coaching change could spark the room. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, interesting to see who they pick up, you know. Yeah. I guess there's still some time for coaches to get fired and stuff like that. But uh, they got a good team, right? So. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Ian Hayden, do you have any word on this? Uh, I think it was a... I think it was the right move, especially after some toxicity that I heard about in the uh, in the locker room itself with uh, Sutter. Apparently, he was a big locker room cancer, and that's just not what a team needs to win. Like you need a coach who's going to not be a piece of shit to you. Yeah. You know, you need someone who's actually going to be like a like a good mentor, a friend even like a father figure and help pick you up, not put you down. Yeah. And I think a lot of players on Calgary are threatening not coming back. If he was, the I coach. can see why. So I think that was a big trio of, and he's like, we are hesitant. And if they're doing this, then we're just going to let you go. Mm-hmm. Ian. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm not surprised that he was let go. I think the team, the team is good. The team, the team, honestly, I, 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 I know they lost Goudreau and Kachuk and all that. 
there's, you know, they won the Pacific. They won their division the year before. They're somewhere in between that division winning team and this year's team. Like, I honestly believe if they have a different coach, they are somewhere in the middle there. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're probably looking at getting another, you know, a backup so that you're not having to play Markstrom, you know, 940 games this year. Um, you're probably looking at trying to get, a, you know, some more depth, some more third or fourth line guys that aren't Lucic or uh, Blake Coleman, like some, you know, yeah, more affor- more affordable guys who aren't taking up, you know, valuable cap space on your on your on your roster. Um, you know, similar to Winnipeg, I'm curious to see what they do this off season. So, similar to LA, the Pacific is wide open. It, you know, anybody anybody can contend in it, and I wouldn't be surpri- surprised if the Flames are back in the playoffs next year. They 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 definitely have the talent to do it. They just need to go in the right direction. Yeah. Amen. All right. We're going to finish off NHL here with our uh, round two picks. Um, I don't know if obviously Florida beat Toronto 4-2, so they're leading the series 1-0. I'll give my picks prior to that game happening anyway, but we'll just quickly go around and bang out each series and um, what team we have and how many games. So, uh, Matt, I'll start with you. Edmonton, Vegas, who you got? I think I got Vegas. You know, I, I, I five minutes ago I was applauding Brassois for uh, having a good series, but still, you know, it's McDavid and Dreisaitl. I think they're probably gonna light him up. I think it'll be close. It'll probably, I don't. I'd be surprised if it goes less than six games. But I got, I got Edmonton. Edmonton seven. Let's say Edmonton seven. Ian, uh, I'll take Vegas in seven. All right, respect, Hayd. Give me Edmonton in seven as well. And, Although uh, I hope they'll win it at home. I hope they win it in six, but probably won't happen. Quim cost an overtime goal. <laughs> Over 20 points. Yeah. I got I got Edmonton in a sweep and Clem Costin playing left wing, center, right wing, defense, wow. defense, goalie, wow. Hattie, every game. No, I got I got Edmonton in six. Um I think I'm the only one won Vegas. Wow. I think I think LA is going to be their toughest uh, opponent they, until the final. Yeah, Edmonton played I, super well against Vegas all season. I know playoffs are different, but well, not even that. I just think LA plays Edmonton really well, and they have before. So I think, mm-hmm. like after this, finishing them off in six, I think, I think they can beat uh, Vegas in six as well. Uh, Dallas, Seattle. Matt, back to you. Before, uh, before this period here, I would have had Dallas, but now it's like, I don't know. I I think I'll still give it to Dallas. Dallas and seven, though. And uh, yeah, Dallas and seven. I trust. I trust them. Ian, uh, I said before I was going to pick Seattle over Dallas. I- I'm going to take Seattle and six. Seattle and six. That's fair. Release the Kraken, baby. Release the crackhead. Hey, I'm gonna go Dallas in six. Um, I like Ottinger. Uh, I feel like he's a game changer. And as long as Dallas can not choke away uh games like this, 
who knows? Maybe they can even come back. It's still the first period. Lots of hockey left to play. And I I did have Dallas before this series started. So we'll say that. And uh, I'm going to go Dallas in seven. Hey, remember, Tampa beat Toronto 7-3 and... Exactly. One and six. And so one yeah. and six. There you yeah. go. I have Dallas and seven. Uh, Toronto, Florida. Matt, back to you. Yeah, I was gonna bring up the the Tampa Bay score just for that too. Yeah, they lost the first game. Like they didn't look great. They didn't look terrible. Like I thought their third goal was kind of TJ Brody's fault. But uh, yeah, I got I got Toronto and six. I think Toronto. Will... I, I don't like this whole Florida not letting Canadians down there. I think that's I, like that I heard... should be like you know. I heard something that that was just pre-sale. No, just pre-sale? Yeah, like pre-sale tickets, they weren't allowing Canadian residents to buy tickets, but once pre-sale was over, then they were opening it up to everyone else. That's what I heard. Okay. I, I, like, I was like a Florida, uh, someone from Florida commented on the NHL post, they're like, guys, relax. You, They're like misleading this information. It's They're opening it up after pre-sale to everyone. So that's... That's what I read, but yeah. Yeah, I thought it was bullshit too. I was like, you can't just, I don't think you can do that. Like, I just think it's kind of unfair, but I think legally they can't. So um, yeah, I think it was a pre-sale thing, but Ian, Florida, Toronto. Um, I Before the series, I was talking about how funny it would be if Matt Kachuk and Radko Gudis were public enemies number one in Toronto. Um, I, I I still think it's gonna be happening here, and I, I'm I'm gonna go Florida in seven. I had them. I, I it's this is gonna be a close series. Like I think this is still gonna be back and forth. I think Florida is gonna grind Toronto down, and Florida will make them pay. Panthers in seven, and I mean, aren't there so many Canadians who are living in Florida anyways? Like maybe maybe Leafs fans will get in. Maple Leafs fans will go to the game. They'll 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 find a way. Yeah, I'm sure if they like wear like a a Florida thing over top, they won't even check. They'll be like, "Oh, okay, fine. You're 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 cool." And then they'll get in. Leafs gear, baby. <laughs> Their jerseys and stuff are just tearaways, and it's just Leafs gear underneath. That's what I see happening. Yeah, Ed, <laughs> Toronto, Florida. Oh man, back and forth of this uh for me and at first i was heavily heavily leaning toronto because jeff what we were saying as soon as toronto won it's like they're they're a wagon they're good but then i also thought like Bobrovsky, he's playing hot florida's playing hot it's it's so hard to try and steer away from that and then this game happened and it just solidified me and my pick even more to go florida and six wow it'll take another 19 years for the leafs to move on from round two to round three (laughs) start a new streak exactly um i'm gonna go leafs and six um i don't know it's I'm a little less confident in it now. I thought Leafs would take game one, but um, Florida looks good for sure. And I think it's, I don't think it's going to go um, 
shorter than six, but I'm I'm just gonna take Leafs in six and stick with my original pick. Um, New Jersey, Carolina, last series, Matt, to you. I got New Jersey in six. Like I said earlier, I think uh, Carolina was playing, you know, not a very good Islanders team, and without um, Chesnikov and Teravine, I think they have trouble finding, you know, offense once they start playing better teams. So New Jersey in six. I like it, Ian. I'll take Carolina in seven because I I do want to see you know Rod Brendamore do well, like BC boy. Want to see him you know win as a coach. Uh, it it's tough going against the Devils because I think the Devils have the best player in this series, that being Jack Hughes, who was fucking phenomenal against the Rangers. So it's it's hard going a be- going against the team with the best player. Uh, but I, I'm rooting for Brendamore. I'm rooting for you know. Campbell River guy, Rod Brendamore in the Hurricanes to to beat the Devils. Ed? Give me Jersey and six as well to tag along with Matt. Yeah, I like that. I got I got Jersey and seven. Um me and Ian we didn't agree once um in these picks. Nope. Um someone's gonna be right. Yeah. <laughs> Ian, you picked Florida, right? I did. Yeah, we didn't agree once. Uh, so love that. <laughs> um, the last time one of these teams won a Stanley Cup was 17 years ago. It was the shortest amount of years. So it's going to be nice to see a new um, refreshing team lift the cup. And obviously Vegas and Seattle haven't uh, won. Uh, same with Florida as well. Um but yeah, Toronto in there too. They haven't really won. So nobody, nobody <laughs> remembers Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, 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 you know, nobody would lie for that, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's going to be very interesting. I'm excited to see what round two brings. Um, especially this Toronto, Florida one. I think this one's going to be really interesting, but, uh, Hey, we got some NFL news. Um, Matt, I know you're dogged. So if I understand if you Need to head yeah. out, but if you want to stick around and talk some football, then you're more than welcome to. But just going to be touching on a couple of notes of the NFL draft and some big signings and trades. So we'd love to I'm have you stick around. Bow out here, just get some dinner to me. Yeah, for sure. Mostly just uh, watching you guys talk about uh, NFL. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not a big fan of Will Levi's. That's uh, one thing I'll say. Hockey, even just saying uh, if I'm going to get drafted in the second round, I shouldn't show up or whatever he did, and then that was karma. So uh, you just don't drink coffee with that, too. It's fucking disgusting. I was going to say, that's for putting mayo in his coffee, a fucking psychopath. (laughs) Eating bananas with the peel on. Oh, fuck. (laughs) The 33rd overall pick, the fucking local prison selects Will Levis. (laughs) Will Levis. Um, One thing uh, I will say, who do you think starts for the Colts next year? Will Levis. No, I'm kidding. He's playing Tennessee for fuck's sakes. Tony Richardson, I think. <sighs> I think. Yeah, Anthony Richardson's, yeah. Anthony Richardson, Pichu, yeah. Fucking Ellinger and Foles is on the IRLT still. So I could honestly see Foles starting just as like for like the first three weeks. I was going to say then, the first two games, yeah. And then throw in Richardson. Yeah, after, after Foles throws like two touchdowns, seven picks. 126 average yards a game. No, he'll look he'll look above average, very much below average, and then be like, why are you still on this team? <laughs> and then he'll get benched, get traded to like 
Philly or something like that, Hertz will go down and Foles will come in and lead him to another Super Bowl or something. It's going to be something garbage. Weird Nick Foles season, but yeah, I think yeah. I honestly think he could be week one starter just because of the vet presence. But that's about it. But uh, Matt, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Um, nice do, you, do you want to plug? Do you have any social media you want to plug or anything like that? Is there anything? Never. Never. All right. I respect <laughs> that. Um, right. Thanks for coming on, buddy. It's good talking to you. We'll do it again soon. All right. Peace out, boys. Thanks for having me. Peace out, Matt. Matt All Nelson, right. everybody. What a guy. Uh, Ian, are you good to stick on? Are you still good to rock yeah, and roll? I'll talk, I'll talk shop. I'll talk shop here. Let's go. Love that. All right, hey, kick us off. All right. So before we get into any draft news, um, I assume everyone knows their first three picks from their team. So I do want to touch on like how you guys feel about that. But before we get into it, uh, someone stole the spotlight and it only took him fucking months after another disappointing season. But Aaron Rodgers has finally been traded to the Jets. And holy fuck. What a fleece. Absolutely fleeced for a fucking 40-year-old man who can't perform in the playoffs. Jev. You really fucking hate this guy. It's actually <laughs> hilarious. How do you feel about your new division rival mate? I mean, like, Aaron Rodgers has always been solid. He's obviously not the player he was, but, I mean, he's, he's won back-to-back MVPs in the past few years, so he's obviously good. Oh, so that um, must mean he's won Super Bowls, right? Dude, have you seen what his Crazy. roster was constructed of? Like, it was dog shit Crazy. he was throwing to. But, <laughs> um, yeah, obviously. It's probably, yeah. It's, it's probably a good thing I'm here so I can, you know, mediate whatever. Like, I'm argument. not even, I'm just, Hayden's just absolutely going crazy. I've, about this. I've never You've, liked Aaron Rodgers. I've never seen someone hate someone more than Hayden hates Aaron Rodgers. It's abs, It's actually insane how it's much he, fucking... he despises him. He's just a fucking dick. Um, Whiny little bitch. <laughs> See what I have to deal with you? It's crazy. Um, no, but like I, I think this Jets team is better than any of these teams of the past like three years. Like three, four years. Like I think this Jets team is better and I don't think Aaron Rodgers has lost much of a step. So I do think the Jets got better. But obviously... Like I said, not too like two seconds ago, he isn't what he once was. But I think the Jets are a better team and like a could be a solid playoff team. But I don't think they have like the Super Bowl expectations that he had in Green Bay, just because I think the division's stronger in the AFC East than the NFC North. Um, I agree. So I like I think the Patriots with the way they drafted. With their defense, like I think they're gonna be solid. Like they got a day one corner and a very high ceiling edge rusher who just like he switched over to defense like three, four years ago, but he's like an athletic freak. So like I think if they kind of I don't think there's a better team to like groom a defensive player from like in playing offense three years ago than New England. Like I think they're gonna do him right. 
and Miami got Jalen Ramsey and the Bills are the Bills. So like obviously Aaron Rodgers is jumping into a much harder division, but I still think he has a better team to deal with because he actually has receivers to throw to. I mean, he had Devontae Adams, I know that, but when Alan Lazard is your wide receiver one, it's like, you, how are you supposed to really dissect the defense? There's not much you can do. But Hey, Alan Lazard is his wide receiver one in New York. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, guys like Garrett Wilson don't exist. Yeah, no, no, but, no way. But yeah, that's that's my breakdown. Obviously, like not as scared as I I'm not as scared of him as I once was, but he's still a solid quarterback and makes that Jets team much better right off the bat. Just immediately discounting that Zach Wilson's not gonna be the day one starter. I mean, he's gonna make his life hell in practice. <laughs> And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, you... and Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to worry about Zach Wilson banging his mom because he doesn't talk to his family anyway. So, boom. Okay, that's one win that he has. Exactly. <laughs> Ian, what about you, man? Uh yeah. It's, a, it's a, I mean, it's a lot to give up for a guy while you go like you know seven and ten next season. Um, I, 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 I don't think the Jets like. Great, you got your quarterback. I don't think the Jets are going anywhere. I, yeah. I division is loaded. Well, it's not even that. They're just, they're also the Jets. Like, I, like, there's something to be said for just, like, the Jets being the Jets. Like, if that makes any sense. Like, but I think it's a new era. I'll, I'll agree. It's a new era of Jets. Like, you look at their past drafting, and last year's draft class was compared to, um, like, the greatest drafts ever. And, Obviously, don't wanna don't wanna say it, but like a lot of people, a lot of a lot of higher ups in the analyst department are putting the 2017 Saints as the uh, best draft class. And I mean, how could you not? Well, okay, no, but like actually, like yes, okay, you get your Saints bias in there, share that but... one. That one is like every media outlet will say it. And yeah. Robert Sala, love Robert Sala, great, absolutely phenomenal defensive minded guy. And now you add, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who I will admit, yes, you're drafting properly. I think that's my biggest question because you look at Brees Hall, he wasn't healthy. And that that shit about. The ceiling for this move is Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. That's what the ceiling of this, of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is. This thing is that they're the Jet, and they're probably not even going to make the playoffs. Yeah, that would bust for them not to make playoffs. It definitely, and I think that yeah, it definitely would. But I definitely think their chances are a lot higher than it was two weeks ago. Oh, easily, like Will Levis's odds to go first overall. (laughs) Plus four thousand, a four hundred, and a day, baby. I no, I I like the jet. Like if we if we not that we are, but if we're going to like do a whole ranking of like what teams do you like in the AFC, the Jets are maybe like tenth for me. Yeah, but at least like Jeff's saying, they're not sixteenth anymore. Which I guess fair enough, and I guess that's the price you pay to not be sixteenth is to fucking. 
be respectable. I just. I just think the AFC is very, very strong. So like, like, I think the Patriots got better, but I don't think their offense did. So I still don't really consider New England that much of a threat. Like, I think they're going to win. Their wins are going to be low scoring. Like, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be around 500 the same as last year. They're just going to have a much better defense than offense, as per usual. The Bills are the Bills. Miami's got better all around. It's solely dependent on Tua's health. And then you still got the Bengals. You got the Ravens with Lamar back and signing OBJ. So, like, that's huge. They got better, right? The AFC South is only getting better with Jacksonville. Like, they're getting stronger. Tennessee's rebuilding. We still don't know what they are, but they're rebuilding. Indianapolis could be really exciting with Richardson. So, like, the Jets didn't, like, skyrocket into Bill's territory with this trade, but they kind of had to if they're, like, these young players... They want to be competitive. these, These young players, like, the NFL turnover on a roster is so short. And... NFL players hold so much power when wanting out and wanting to go to a new team and wanting to win. They'll fucking get out of New York as soon as possible if they don't really get a move where they can kind of compete right away. And taking advantage of rookie contracts, blah, 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 blah. I kind of understand the Rodgers trade because you still have Zach Wilson in case he flourishes into something decent. So, like, I don't know. Um... I don't think those draft picks that they gave up are going to be anything high. But we'll see. I don't know. It's just like, I think they kind of went to like, from like high teens to low 20s tier to like low teens mid tier where they could maybe squeeze into a wild card, like seventh wild card spot. If that makes sense. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think they're going to compete for a division or the conference championship game, but it might squeeze into playoffs in like the 17th week or 18th week. Like it'll be cool to see a bills jets Sunday night football game. I can already envision it now. Yeah. Like that. That's kind of where I put them. I kind of maybe like, yeah, I don't know. Just a very weird spot with the Rogers acquisition. Well, with that, uh, and then, I guess, I don't know, Baltimore made a split. Only did Lamar Jackson become the highest paid player ever. Congratulations. Baltimore, uh, that, that took way too long. I don't know what other better option you had on the market. And if you were going to trade him, well, you didn't trade him at the draft, but instead you signed him. So about time. Uh, but they also signed Antonio Brown. Oh, my God. Talk about a Des Bryant signing if I've ever heard one. Did they actually sign him? Yeah, he signed. I don't think they actually did. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think think that was a joke. No. Antonio Brown is part of the Baltimore Ravens. I thought it was like... The NFL even announced it. I thought it was one of those things where it's like Antonio Brown agreed to a contract, but the Ravens did not agree, like that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that's what... Like, I thought he posted that just on his social, and then I... I, I'm not sure about that. I didn't think that was an actual thing. Uh, 
I know OBJ signed with them. Well, I also know Antonio Brown and overtime Megan also had a sex tape release. So uh, they, they could, Mexico really could have just fucked me up here. I I don't think he actually signed with Baltimore. I think I would there would have been a like Schefter would have created a lot more buzz about it. Yeah, like, I didn't I, see anything about that from Shefty boy. Check like, your think, hat. Like I think Antonio Brown just tweeted a photo of him in a Ravens uniform. Yeah, I think. I think yeah, I found I, the exact tweet that I liked as well from that. Um, what's the account this, name? This is Dove. No, no, <laughs> close. Dove Kleiman, a trusted source. Uh, I'm going to put this up to Mexico brain. Uh, the question mark, I vividly remember it as an exclamation mark. So Antonio Brown, uh, he says, did Antonio Brown just announce he signed with the Ravens? Question mark. Uh, and yeah, it was Antonio Brown saying excited to return to the NFL this year. Hashtag Ravens flock. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't see anything from like Baltimore social, NFL social. Like I didn't see anything. (laughs) About that, just, so like, yeah, like, it's basically just a hint that he's signing. Yeah, like, Aiden, like I, I, I could Photoshop myself in a Seahawks jersey and be like, "Can't wait to play in the NFL next do year." Do it right now. Do it right now. I dare you. <laughs> You'd obviously get Hayden. That's a that's a fact. And then clearly, Hayden, Hayden with the like and retweet, like, "Hey, congrats, bro." Well, deserved. it also it also confused me too with Lamar saying, like, uh, after he signed, it was like, and there's more news on the way as well, and that happened. Yeah. So this is really just perfect timing for me. Uh, oh, no, usually I see like athletes quote tweet NFL posting that they signed and then saying like ready to get to work or whatever, but like mm-hmm. when AB just tweeted it, I'm like. Nah, something ain't right here. Like, I know he would tweet that, but usually I'd see something from like, like Twitter would be making a lot more buzz if like he actually did. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely would. So you know what? I was trolled. Yeah. Hayden got Stephen A. Smith. I got Stephen A. Smith. For Jevin and I who have been to, you know, uh, sports sports broadcasting class, uh, always check your sources, Hayden. Just, yeah. just a just friendly reminder. Again, again, again. Like I, like I said, dog fireman, <laughs> trusted source, trusted source. Hayden was uh, eighteen batteries in, so yeah, uh, I was indeed uh, on the booze. Margs, and he's like, "Oh fuck, Antonio Brown." Get That's literally it. how it was too. Like I just <laughs> opened a Rona, I saw like Antonio Brown in a Ravens jersey. I'm like, what? <laughs> no fucking way this is terrible but yeah no you're, you're absolutely right uh probably should have checked up more and more on the sources but you know what fuck it uh we'll go through the draft uh um, I, was, I also want to post uh say one thing jalen hurts became the highest paid nfl player for about 20 minutes and then lamar signed right after him so again jalen hurts why I didn't even say a, a goddamn thing. Yeah. But I <laughs> wanted to point out like Jalen Hurts, shout out to you. All right, moving yeah, on. Yeah, you got your you got your bag. All right. Ian. <laughs> Fucking smiley ass motherfucker. 
Seattle's first three picks. How are you feeling about them, my guy? I can't remember the third because we had a couple second round picks. Uh, thank you, Denver Broncos. Um, so I can't remember if it was Hall. I'll uh, I'll pull up your your first. Three I know picks. the first first two anyway, where it's uh, uh, Devin Witherspoon and then Jackson Smith uh, and Jigba. Yeah, uh, with a knife. Um, I love love the Witherspoon pick. I, bit of a reach at five, I will say. Like, I wonder if you could have traded down to 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 like two spots with the Raiders to get him. Um, but I mean, like classic Legion of Boom guy, got that swagger. And as someone who grew up with the Legion of Boom and how they impacted me and, and, you know, me growing up with them, how they, how they've impacted me. I'm excited for the next generation, the next group of kids who get to grow up with the next Legion of Boom. Cause that, that's great. That's, that's so cool. Um, it was Derek but- Hall. Derek Hall. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was Hall, if it was uh, Charbonnet, um, the running back. Um, mm-hmm. Smith and Jigba, um, you know, and it's, it's too bad he's from the Ohio State University. That's the one character flaw. Otherwise, like, <laughs> makes makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't know what like, you're complaining about. The Ohio State University not only had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, but Marvin Harrison on the horizon. I no. think you absolutely smash this with Jackson Smith and Nigba. Oh, the, Chris the, Olave uh, overrated. The uh, <laughs> the um, the the only character flaw is that he like willingly went to Ohio. That's that's his one character. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but like three headed monster. Um, you know it's 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 such a it's such a transition from the Seahawks teams of past who like your best receivers are Doug Baldwin and a young Tyler Lockett and, you know, Paul Richardson there. We get to the Paul Richardson part of the podcast. Um, like I, I love the, th- the, the three headed monster idea. Um, giving Gino more options. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm excited. Like I, I, I love it. I, I appreciate that. They didn't trade out of the first round to go get this guy like like a Seahawks team would but overall a plus day one and then Derek Hall they need an edge rusher um they probably would have taken like Will Anderson if he was still available at five like because they need an edge rusher he wasn't so they didn't obviously um but Derek Hall Charbonnet like I don't really have any complaints with like the day two and three picks. So well done, Seattle. I dead ass thought that you guys were gonna go Jalen Carter. I he was thinking that I like I think if Will Anderson was there, Will Anderson, yes, because they need an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Um but it sounded like Witherspoon just fit the characteristics of a Seahawk secondary player. Which is kind of crazy that they went corner in my eyes, too, because Tariq Woolen, uh, I don't know if you heard of him, potential defensive rookie of the year candidate. <laughs> like absolutely insane. Uh, that's a that's an amazing corner duo right there. Yeah, and, and like you have like so now you now you got your two corners. Um, you know. Depending on how you feel about Jamal Adams, uh, you really got your, uh, you know, <laughs> your your two star safeties there too with Quandre Diggs and Adams. 
and like you're set like you the secondary you don't have to worry about like you are set you 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 are you know it, it's plug and play mm-hmm. you love the great nothing to worry about there fair enough solid jeff what up your first three picks i know i was absolutely ecstatic with what bill belichick did in the draft how many picks did you guys end with this year for sure like i think i saw something we had like in the teens i'm pretty sure 12 yeah i know it was around like 13 (laughs) that we had so it's not a surprise we traded we traded back in the first round i mean that always happens i was the only time i knew we weren't was when we uh drafted mac jones because like quarterback available we needed one but like i just Mm -hmm. have i never i always have an 85 percent feeling that we're going to trade back because it's just what bill does but i mean gonzalez with the first pick i i love it he was like a reading up on him before the draft he was like a top 10 talent and slipping to 17 i just think it's masterclass from bill um Steel. he's a day one starter and i just think like like after drafting him i read a bit more and like he might need some work like in open field tackling but i think that's something where when you have super versatile sporadic Kyle Duggar running all over the field tackling won't be as much of a worry if you got him like kind of supporting you and but I I like the pick with Gonzalez because I think he'll get a lot of coverage sacks like he'll help the D-line and linebackers and such like that like get coverage sacks and I think that'll just help with our defense in general and when you got Stefan Diggs, Jalen Waddle, and um Tyreek Hill. Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson. And, like, and like just like one for each team. I'll just route like you gotta be able to cover in the open field, and I think Gonzalez helps that tremendously. So I like the pick a lot. Um Keon White, if I'm not mistaken, is the second pick that we had. You are right. I mean, I think he's just a beast. Um, this is the guy I was talking about. Like, I'm pretty sure he switched to defense like four years ago. Yeah, and, it was a tight end. And he's basically like operating as an edge just based on his freakish athleticism. And I think if you have the athleticism down, that's something you can't really teach. But with Bill, he'll be able to work out all the fundamentals and like technicalities with him and at least make him like very good and like just just an annoyance really like offensive linemen are going to hate trying to block him because he's like fast and just a body in general. So I really like that pick and, uh, Mapu, um, fucking, Marty, uh, Marty Mapu. Um, I think he's just very solid as well. Um, it fits the versatile mold of Duggar as well. And I think like Patriots are kind of going off that. Um, I, I just really like the secondary that we're kind of building and like the defense in general. Um, we want speed and everything. And with like Marcus Jones, Jonathan Jones, Gonzalez, white, and just like Duggar, 
I just think it's very solid what we're building, and I like the first three picks that help us with that. Usually defense is kind of boring because you want to see, like, receivers drafted and... Um, yeah, the fancy picks. Yeah, but I think these picks help out a lot with mm-hmm. what we're going to be facing on offense uh, from Buffalo, Miami, and uh, New York. So I think that it was a good uh, direction from Billy Boy this draft love it now (laughs) for mine (laughs) uh i don't think it's a a coincidence that we uh brian breezy um not only did we need a d tackle but if you move the e one spot over uh you spell breeze so it's it's all set in motion. <laughs> no, but on a on a real note, Brian Breesy, uh former number one recruit, uh, from what I read up on him, uh, never knew that. I knew that he was a fucking beast. I, I went through and watched like all of the top 50 prospects and like shit like that. And they're showing highlights from him in high school. Motherfucker was like six fucking four already fully fully developed by like grade 10. And just seeing a a man child like that throw around kids was is fucking hilarious. And then it goes into like his his Clemson years uh in college and Buddy was an absolute unit. So absolutely love to see that we got the next Aaron Donald on our team. <laughs> uh no he's he unfortunately has had bad injury luck uh last year with a torn acl and then he had like a a ruptured kidney or something like that that doesn't sound good yeah two years ago upper body injury we'll call it that yeah (laughs) undisclosed (laughs) yeah no uh definitely day to day yeah Definitely shortened his uh shortened his 2021 season, but no, he was it seems like he's just gonna be an absolute unit. So love where we went with that. And then not only did we choose a D tackle, but then we moved up. Uh no, we didn't move up, but this was our original second round pick. Uh Zefoski, defensive end Notre Dame. And now this was someone that I was like, holy shit, this is I love this guy. Not only in his draft interview uh, did he say that he wanted to go to New Orleans first, but he also uh, was a second-team All-American, and he got a, the Ted Hendricks Award as well. So just an absolute beast of a defensive end. It's classic New Orleans style, def- uh, drafting like six-foot-five, 270 pound athletic freaks at defensive end, but no injury history yet. <laughs> so let's hope to dear God that doesn't that doesn't stick with us. Uh and then we get a running back, uh Kendra Miller, uh out of TCU. Isn't he a defenseman for the Rangers? No, I'm close. <laughs> yeah, Andre Miller. Okay. Good one. I'll just Absolute go fuck myself. Good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the door's right there. Um, but no, this guy, uh, 
I watched him a lot unwillingly because of TCU being in uh, the college championship. Uh, unfortunately, did not have the final game he wanted. And he's young as shit. He's like 21, I, I think. But he's a very north-south kind of guy. 5'11", 220. Runs like an absolute unit. Uh, and his first his first talking about New Orleans was like uh, saying how he respected Kamara and how he likes what he's done for the league, but he's coming for that number one role. And I'm like, but you got to take over Jamal Williams first. All right. (laughs) But no, I, I love the, I love the pick there. And he's going to think he's going to think like after breaking off a 37 yard run down to the two, He's like, all right, first touchdown incoming, and then Jamal Williams is going to sub him out and take all <laughs> <Yeah>. his... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Jamal exactly Williams like, nah, right. bro, they brought me in for this. Yeah, they get, they got me for a reason, Cuh. It's going to take him eight weeks to get a touchdown because Jamal Williams is going to take all the goal line work. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And by then, Alvin Kamara will be back. And yeah. It's just like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Back to, the, back to the bench. Yeah, but... That was a uh, NFL talk from NFL lads, and uh, yeah, now it's a Jeff frozen for you. Oh. I, I I cannot tell. Uh, he might be. Maybe he uh, was. He was probably talking about something about like SFU football, right? And then it just like zoomed. Oh God! Stop now! I, I want to leave. God damn, that, SFU. That, that's why Zoom's just like, hey, no, you're... That, you're, the, you're that leg was, like, really bad. I saw you glitching, and I'm like, I'm not even going to try and, like... I'm just going to sit here until it's over. And I don't know what you guys said at all. I had no <laughs> idea. So let's just hope it's good things. It was basically... <laughs> Yeah, we were just we were, yeah, we were just plugging our brands, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. Um, did you talk about a 30-year-old getting drafted to the Rams? Oh, Stetson mm-hmm. Bennett. Oh yeah. well. No, fucking fucking guy. That, no, I no, I like the joke. Somebody's got a running joke. I can't remember who it is on Twitter, but somebody's got a running joke about like yeah, Stetson Bennett hands the ball off well. He'll be handing them off and like handing you off in your new Kia or whatever. <laughs> Bennett Kia. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That rocks. I love that. All right. Hey, do you have any more uh, news on the NFL? I can't think of anything nope. at the moment. That's it. We're uh, ready, to, ready to wrap it up. Before I lag anymore and get really annoyed, uh, let's uh, let's call this. Um, super long episode, but Ian, thanks for hopping on, buddy. Really appreciate it. Uh, where can the people follow you? Uh, follow me on Instagram at Ian McNaughty. Uh, again, my laptop uh, not functional, so if I'm going to bring back SYP this summer, I'm probably going to need to get a functional laptop. It would help. Uh, um, uh, pretty much, basically, just following follow myself. Again, I'm funny on Twitter, except when the manners suck. Then I'm not so funny. Then I'm actually like you know somber. Um, it's tough. Uh, but yeah, go check me out there and then, uh, you know, just wait till the silver tips are back. We're in off season mode. So, you know, waiting for that to come back up. Love it. Love it. Hayden. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton. 
Boom. You can follow me, Jevin LaFave, on Instagram at Jevin.LaFave, on Twitter at Jevin LaFave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore. And f- subscribe to the YouTube, Left Side Heavy. I just got the past two episodes up finally. But yeah, thank you for listening. That was round two preview of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And who knows, maybe we'll have the round three pre- uh, previews next week. We'll see how these uh, series go. For the first week but thank you for listening as always and we will see you next time peace